Well, good evening. Um, like Pastor said, I grew up uh, here at Faith, um, and I am excited. Uh, a little confused when Pastor confront, or, uh, asked me about uh, possibly uh, candidating here, um, and we'll get into maybe a little bit of that yet. But uh, you can turn your Bibles a while uh, to Ephesians chapter 4. Um, throughout college, and any time I've been asked to preach, the hardest part for me has always been choosing which passage I want to preach out of, uh, which I'm really excited, uh, possibly uh, full-time ministry, um, having more of a plan and being able to work through it. Uh, but when you when you're, have this opportunity to preach one message, or two messages in this case, and you have the whole Bible to choose from what you want to preach. It's like, well, I don't want to pick a passage that's too hard. I don't want to pick a passage that's too easy. Um, I don't want to pick a passage that, you know, doesn't really mean, well, not that it doesn't mean anything because everything in the Bible means something to us. Um, but there's, there's different passages you can choose from. Uh, so when I was really struggling through this one um, and ended up coming to Ephesians chapter 4, uh, partially because um, just considering this possibility of transitioning into uh, pastoral ministry, which has been my heart and my desire, and I've been uh, pursuing that end for several years, and God's sort of just been allowing us to continue here uh, ministering um, and working construction. Um, and then a few months ago, I had about eight churches presented to me all within a month, and it was like, okay, God, what are you doing now? Um, and uh, we, my wife and I prayed about it. I talked to a few of the pastors. Uh, there was one church I actually went, uh, we visited, um, I met with the deacons. Uh, they extended the opportunity to come candidate. Um, and two weeks before that, Pastor Burgraff pulls me into his office and says, Hey, John, what are you looking for? <laughs> it's like, well, you sort of know what I'm looking for. I've been talking to you. Um, but uh, we were presented with this opportunity here. Um, and if it was any other church, I probably would have said no right away and continued with other church we were looking at. But like Pastor said, I think there's great value um, in in growing up in the church, um, seeing the ministries. Uh, I have a unique opportunity um, of possibly taking over a ministry that I've grown up and gone through. Um, Pastor Tony's been able to do with the kids. He went through uh, Calvary Clubs. He went through TNT. Uh, so that's exciting to me. Um, but while I was thinking through all that, um, I kept coming back to this passage when I was looking for uh, something to preach on, um, partly because I wanted to dive into uh, what would my role in the church be? What is uh, the role of the youth ministry in the church? How should we um, proceed with that? Um, and for the teens, don't freak out that I'm going to change everything. Um, I've, I enjoy what we do here at Faith. Uh, but I wanted to know, um, moving forward, what, what I thought was biblically um, a good, good direction for us to move in. Um, and I kept coming back to this, the topic of the church. Um, so I, I was like, okay, I'm going to dive into Ephesians chapter 4. We'll study through it for a while. Uh, hopefully I can get two sermons out of it. Uh, but then as it kept on getting closer and closer, uh, I was trying to wrap up construction because I had a bunch of jobs that I told customers I would finish before I stopped. Um, and uh, time kept on getting shorter and shorter, and I was like, yeah, I might need a backup plan. Uh, so I was like, okay, maybe I'll go to an old message also. Um, so I looked through my old messages, and there was one that I hadn't really preached here before, um, except for the pastoral staff. So I was like, okay, that's my backup plan. And then I got here on Sunday, and pastor in the scripture reading went to Psalms 23. And I went, oh no. 
Thank you, Pastor. Um, he told me, he uh, stole my other message, so. Uh, <laughs> Pastor Art told me to get used to it, so I'm not sure about this. Um, but uh, I continue to study Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, I have in your notes that we're going to go through the whole thing tonight. There's almost no chance we're going to make it all through tonight. Um, because one of the gifts that I've been given uh, from our pastoral staff is to be long-winded when preaching. Um, so I'm going to try to keep uh, <laughs> an eye on the clock back there um, so that I end at a, at a decent time. Uh, but Ephesians chapter 4 talks about the church. Um, and this is something that's been extremely beneficial to me as I've been studying through. Um, and I think would be beneficial for our church also um, to, to look at what is God's view of the church um, what is our part of it? Um, what does he want from us? What does he want from the church? Uh, where is he going with it? Um, in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul gives us, uh, and he paints this picture of the church. And as he paints this picture, Paul gives us three insights into the church that we're going to look at tonight. Um, we'll probably get to at least two of them. I'm not sure if we'll get to the third one. Um, but uh, Paul gives us this, this in-depth description, a little bit of the church. And it's more of a practical passage, but yet it does speak a lot about the church um, and our part in the church. And uh, hopefully it's as beneficial for you as it has been for me. Um, as, as, I, as I studied through it, as I worked through it, um, and was challenged by it. Um, so as we jump in, um, we're going to jump around a little bit throughout the passage. Uh, but let's look at uh, the first insight that Paul gives us into his church or into the church. Uh, Paul's first insight that he gives into the church is his desire or expectation of the church. Um, so Paul sort of lays out uh, a little bit of what he views as the church um, as we start studying uh, in, in Ephesians chapter 4. Um, so in verse 1 he says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you were called. Uh, verse 2, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Verse 3, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bonds of peace. Um, Paul starts out, this was his profession, the church. Um, this is what his, his call was by Jesus Christ, was to minister to the church. Um, and, and the expectation that Paul had, uh, A in your notes, Paul expected the believers to match their um, identity. Uh, he starts off right away there. In verse 1, he says, I beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you were called. Um, I enjoy Sherlock Holmes. Uh, and one of the things I love about Sherlock Holmes is he seems to, he does this inductive reasoning where he tries to figure out everything uh, based on things that he can uh, look at and then induce a, a reason from it. Um, when you look at different professions, this is one of the things uh, Sherlock Holmes does in the books. Um, he, he can tell people, like, what profession they are. And he does so by uh, looking at the common characteristics between those people. Um, most of you, it's getting less and less nowadays, but most of you can look at somebody and get a general idea, okay, do they have a manual labor job? Do they have a desk job? Um, is this someone who's educated? Uh, is this someone who's skilled in a specific area? Because um, we have that identity that we have as far as what we do every day, all the time. And Paul is, is looking at the church and he's saying, one of the expectations that I have of you is that you match the identity that you have. We are Christians. We are to be serving Christ. 
And Paul is saying, does your life match your identity? Do your actions back up what you believe and what you say? He expected it to. Um, in life one, or in verse one there, he says, uh, that we're to live up to the life that matches who we are as Christians. In verse two, he says the lifestyle um, that we have. He explains here, he gives some uh, words uh, to describe how we can live out uh, this identity that we're supposed to match. Um, and it's interesting the words that he, that he chooses here. He says, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. All of these words, and, and it ties into to what we're going to dive into in the rest of the sermon, but all of these words are others-focused. Um, we are to be lowly, to, to not esteem ourselves more um, than others, uh, to, to put our own agendas aside for the sake of others. He says with meekness, the idea of, of like strength under control. Um, we might be able to do something, but we, try to, we, we choose to refrain it for the sake of others. Um, he goes on with all long-suffering, with bearing one another's burdens in love. Are we, are we willing to suffer long for Christ? All of those are others' focus. None of them are looking at my own rights and agendas and ideas, but they're looking at what are the needs of others? What, what can I do for, for others? Um, and all of this is wrapped up in the idea in verse 3 there. Um, and this is B in your notes. Paul expected the church to be unified uh, body of Christ. He ch- expected the church to be a unified body. He says, endeavoring, this is what Paul's uh, mindset and goal was, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bonds of peace. Paul strove to keep the unity. I don't know how he did it. (laughs) Okay, Um, Throughout the writings, and you look at Paul's ministry, he constantly was attacked. He constantly was challenged. Um, and yet he strove to keep the unity of the body, the unity of the church more than um, his own testimony, more than his own um, reputation. Uh, he chose to protect the church, uh, to protect God's uh, work um, on this earth through the church. To me, that's out- astounding. I, if I was constantly attacked personally, um, for what God has called us to do, which we all are going to, um, it would be hard for me to respond in, in a mindset of, I want unity uh, to be the focus of, of the ministry. Um, Paul, as one of the as church leaders, as an apostle, um, he could have had the authority to, to completely call someone out, and sometimes he did. Uh, but even in doing so, he was concerned about, about the Bible, and then beyond that, he was concerned about, I need to keep unity um, within peace, uh, with love. Um, and he's called us to do the same thing. Uh, we should have that desire also to strive for uh, the unity within the church. Um, he goes on, uh, and, he, and he gives a little bit, uh, not directly, but, but as we look at different verses here, um, he does describe that there's supposed to be this unity uh, within the church. Uh, jump over to chapter 4, uh, verse 4 and 6. He says, or 4 through 6, he says, There is one body and one spirit, even as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. 
one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Um, this is, is very close to a statement of faith. Um, but what is very clear in this three verses um, is the aspect of one. Okay, seven times Paul says, we have one. Um, it drives the fact that we all have the same beliefs. Uh, yes, we're going to differ on, on some aspects, but our foundational beliefs are all the same. Uh, we have one body of the church. Uh, we have one spirit, the Holy Spirit. Even as you are called to one hope of your calling, uh, the hope we have as Christians is the uh, hope of Christ's return and the hope of a future glorification that we can live with him in heaven. Um, we have one Lord, one faith, one baptism, uh, one God and Father of all. Uh, this is not Paul in any way um, uh, saying that we, uh, we can, or this isn't Paul's support of universalism, which is the idea that um, if you believe in the Bible or you believe in, in Christianity, we're all going to get to heaven. Um, or if you, if you believe in a religion, eventually we're all going to lead us to heaven. Uh, that's not Paul. Okay? Paul's not supporting this by, by saying we all have one uh, set of beliefs. Um, it's very clear that Paul believed that we are all sinners. Um, that because of our sin, we deserve uh, to die and be separated from God um, and to have that, that judgment for our sins. Uh, he believed very clearly uh, that the only way of having forgiveness uh, was because of Christ's sacrificial death on the cross for us and that his resurrection proved that. Uh, Paul makes that very clear. We can go through, I mean, you can ask the teens. Um, they probably all hate me, but I me- made them memorize the Romans Road uh, in evangelism this year. Um, Paul lays it out very clearly. Um, our spiritual state. Uh, he's not saying in this passage that, uh, that because there's one God, we're all going to get to heaven. Um, but he is saying as Christians, as the foundation of who we are, and that's really where the church starts, um, is the salvation we've received through Jesus Christ. Um, with that foundation, we do have the same belief. We do have the same God that we believe in. We still have, we each have the Holy Spirit that resides in us, the same Holy Spirit. Um, and Paul uses that as a way of, of pointing to the unity that's within uh, even what we believe. Uh, he goes on and he says, uh, jump down to verse uh, 15 with me. He says we have the same head. Um, he says in verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head even Christ. Uh, and he's talking about uh, the work that will happen within the church. Um, but it, 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 that work has pro- pro- progressed because Christ is the head over the church. Uh, he makes it clear, very, very clear in other passages um, that we won't ha- take the time to go to tonight, um, that Christ is the head of the body of, of the church. Um, as Christians, we're part of the church. Uh, we all have that same head, though Christ is is the one that is leading the church, that is the authority in the church. Uh, Real quick, jump over to chapter 1, verse 22 and 23 with me. Paul writes and he says, this is uh, God uh, giving uh, glory to to Christ, and he says, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Um, Paul Paul already explained to the Ephesians, Christ is the head of the church. Um, very, very clear. Uh, and because of that, 
that we all have the same head. There's a unity that's there. Um, we're not of one religion or another religion or another religion. As Christians, we believe um, in the same thing, that, that Christ is the head um, in the body. He also goes on. He uses a bunch of terms. Um, and this is where it will be a little bit more familiar with us. In chapter 2, um, verse 18 through 22, he says, For through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners. He's talking about uh, Jews and Gentiles in this passage. Um, and that Christ has unified them together. Uh, verse 19, Now, therefore, you are no longer, um, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but your fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are built builded together for an habitation of, the, of God through the Spirit. Um, we as the body of Christ are being built together into the holy temple, um, into... Uh, a representation of where God can dwell uh, here on earth for us. Uh, he calls the church the temple. Uh, when you look around the building, I'm, I grew up in construction. Um, so when I walk into a room, I see a bunch of different parts. Um, some of you, you walk into a room, you just see the room. Uh, when you walk into a room, though, you can look around here and there's tons of parts. I mean, you have drywall behind the drywall. Uh, you probably have metal studs in this building. Um, they go up, they hold the roof, they're the found, you know, they go down to the foundation that supports it all. Um, each of those are, are unique parts, but they're put together into a building that creates a whole. We as church, as, as the church, are unified in the idea that we are the complete building. We're not just little parts here and there, uh, but we are the building of God. The other um, analogy that he uses here is the fact that we are our fellow citizens. We're of the household of God. Um, we are all brought into the same family uh, when we are saved. We're brought into God's family. Um, there's a unity that's inherent in what we believe as Christians in the fact that, that Christ saved us and he brought us into his family, um, that he has put us together into his body, um, into the temple uh, that he can reside. Uh, he, these terms... You can't walk away from these terms except for to realize that there is a unity within the body. Um, last one real quick. Uh, jump to chapter 5. And again, we're jumping all over, but Paul, Paul makes it very clear. Uh, this is his idea of the church. This is his expectation that it's a unified body. Uh, chapter 5, verse 26 and 27. He says, That he might sanctify and cleanse it, with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. This is God's purpose and plan for the church. He wants to present the church as, a, as his bride, without spot, spot perfect, holy. Um, and as part of that church, that means each and every one of us, God has the same desire for us, and that is that he can present us as part of the church, holy and blameless as his bride. Um, there's a unity that's inherent here. It's, it's bigger than us. Um, but Paul goes on um, in the passage. Um, and this is where we're going to spend a little bit more of our time. Uh, Paul's second insight into the church. 
is not only his first insight was that he has, you know, Paul has a, a desire and expectation for the church. Uh, his second insight into the church, he talks about our position in the church. Um, and this is where it really struck home. If we truly are unified as a body, and we have a certain part to play in the body, um, then we're responsible for that. And, and that's what Paul's going to get into, um, our position in the church. A, we are one part of the whole body. And we've talked about this some already, so I'm not going to belabor the point. Just like this room has lots of parts that make up the room, the room itself is one, one room. We are one part of the whole church, both the universal church and the local church, uh, but we're one part of the church. Um, individual parts placed to gre- together uh, to create a whole. Uh, jump down to verse uh, 16 with me, chapter 4, verse 16. It says, For whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. Uh, the NIV uh, has a little bit different translation uh, that, that gives us a, a good understanding. It's a little easier to understand the meaning of this verse. The NIV says, For him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament. Um, every part is a part of this whole. Um, and it's what gives the support to the whole. Um, if you start taking all the parts out, you end up not having a whole. Um, but it's very close to, to B in your notes, so let's jump to that. We are essential parts of the body. Okay, so we as believers are essential parts of the body. Um, the rest of verse 16 there says, According to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Um, again, the NIV has uh, a helpful translation. It says, um, and I'll read the whole verse in the NIV. For him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Um, each part is essential to the whole of the church. Um, and we're not, I don't think many of us would argue that. Uh, if, you, if you enjoy puzzles at all, um, while I was studying this, there was too many words with pieces involved, so my mind jumped to puzzles right away. When you look at a puzzle, does every piece look the same? No. Does every piece look um, exciting? <laughs> okay, you might get some pieces that are, it's, it's a blue. Okay, it's a blue. What, are, what am I supposed to do with this? Um, but when you put all of those pieces together, they create a whole. And it can be a very beautiful and um, impacting picture, the, the whole can be. What happens when you get to the end and you have that one spot, you just can't find the piece to put it in? Uh, it, 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 it takes away from the whole picture um, because you miss that one part. Each part of the church is essential to the church. Um, I mean, God's, word's gonna, or God's work is going to go on, but you and I, we're essential to the church. We're essential to the church here. Um, and Paul knew that and he, ex- he ex- expressed that. Um, but see in your notes, and it goes along with this, we are purposeful and unique. We are a purposeful and unique part of the body. Um, verse 7 through 11, he says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. 
Uh, Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? Um, He hath descended... Uh, he that descended is the same that he ascended up far above all the heavens, that he might fill all in all. Uh, verse 11, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. Um, this is the passage that pastor talked about. Um, I believe it was Memorial Day. I was counting, so I only caught a little bit of it. Um, this was the passage that pastor talked about that with other passages of Scripture, uh, we get the idea that when, when Christ... Um, before Christ ascended or arose again, he, he went down um, and he led the, the believers out of uh, Abraham's bosom. Uh, he, he led those captives um, and he, he led them to, to heaven. Um, the idea of he led the captivity captive. Um, but to, to lay that aside, specifically in the context of this passage, um, in verse 7 and in verse um, 8, he says, uh, that he, uh, unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gifts of Christ. And at the end of verse uh, 8, he says, and gave gifts. While he was leading the captivity captive, he gave gifts unto men. Um, specifically, the gifts in this passage um, are the spiritual gifts that Christ gives to the church. Um, and for sake of time, I'm not going to jump into a lot of it, uh, but uh, verse um, 8 there. Uh, when it says, when he ascended up on high, he led captive, captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Uh, that's actually a, a quote from uh, Psalm 68, verse 18. Um, and you can look it up on your own if you want. Uh, but it's the idea of uh, God as a, a victorious um, ruler after the Exodus. He, he came through and the captive gave him gifts. Um, and those gifts he bestowed um, also throughout uh, to, uh, to Israel. Uh, and, and that was very common in, in ancient uh, history, uh, that a, a victorious ruler, that people would give him tributes. Um, and from those tributes, he would provide some for uh, his, his nation, for his people. Um, and in this passage, Christ, the victorious Lord uh, who ascended, uh, who, who had victory over sin and death, when he ascended, ascended, he gave the church, he gave the believers, he gave them gifts. Um, spiritual gifts. Uh, and you can spend a lot of times on these gifts. Um, other, two other passages, I'll just give them to you uh, that you can look at. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 7 and 8, and then also Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 6 through 8. Um, and I might come back to these um, on Sunday night. Uh, but as we, we wrap up here a little bit, um, it is very clear that the gifts he gave were spiritual gifts for the church. You and I, um, you and I are a part of the church, but we're, we're a unique part. Uh, and this was very encouraging to me. I'm not Pastor Art. <laughs> I could never be Pastor Art. Um, I might be as big as Pastor Art, but besides that, I'm not Pastor Art. Um, I have more gray hair than Pastor Art already. Um, okay, each one of us is unique. And yet God has placed you in the church and in this church for a reason. Um, and that's comforting to me. I don't have to be Pastor Art. But I do have to follow Christ. Um, and I have to serve the body. Um, it says in, uh, in verse 11 there, um, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and, and teachers. Verse 12, 
for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Um, this was the purpose that he gave all of those parts. Uh, we'll look more into that on Sunday night. We'll wrap up uh, the rest of the passage. Uh, hopefully we'll wrap up the rest of the passage. Um, but, but going back to the illustration that I already talked about a little bit. In construction, when I walk into a room, I see all of the parts. Because that, that's been my job, building it from the ground up. For some of you, you walk in and you see the aesthetics of it all. You see how this wall contrasts that wall and this color contrasts that color. Or you might see the focus of it. Well, everything in this room is, is you know, focusing on this one spot. Um, or you might see uh, the atmosphere of the room. You walk in and you realize right away this, this room feels really cold or this room feels really warm and inviting. Uh, I was watching a show the other day, uh, which I thought was interesting. Um, it was the world's most extraordinary homes. Um, and these, uh, the two hosts, they would travel around the world uh, to these homes that are award-winning for whatever reason they were. Uh, but very, very unique, very, very unique homes, uh, very specific homes for, for their area. Um, but it was, it was interesting to me watching it. Uh, one of them was an, an architect. Uh, the other one was just a celebrity. Uh, but, but when they gave their description of the home and they pointed out the things that they really enjoyed of that home, it was, it was very clear that they held to one side really strongly. So the architect, all that mattered to him was what does it look like? How is it positioned? Um, how does it all work together? At one point in the show, he made the statement, when I walk into a room, you know, most houses I can't enjoy because I feel claustrophobic or the lighting's off. And, and he was saying how this house he enjoyed because he actually could feel comfortable. Um, but that's all he worried about. Uh, the other lady, uh, the celebrity, she just wanted to, okay, what does the house feel like? What is the, the scenery around the house? Um, what does everything look like, feel like? Um, had nothing to do with structure, had nothing to do with the design. It just, what does it look like? What does it feel like? Often for us, it's easy to go to one extreme or the other. We can look at the church and say, well, the church is all about the whole, so me as a part doesn't matter. Or we can look at, I'm a part of the church, and I forget that, I, that I'm a part of the whole. But Christ put together the church in an, an amazing way. A whole bunch of parts, pieces put together to create a picture that he designed to work together in the way he designed to build his ministry. And that's a challenge. We'll go on on Sunday um, and we'll look at uh, what God's plan for the church is and, and the, the application that we can have from it because um, there's a lot there. But just to leave you with this tonight, um, we can jump down to the application. Uh, the first one, to be a part of the church, one must enter through Christ. We looked at that a little bit. Um, the idea that salvation is the foundation of the church, it's, it's how we are, are, are brought into the church. It's not just the building we attend. Um, but two, every believer is a part of the church. When we are saved, we are added to the body of Christ. 
we're not a part of a church just because we come join a church. When you get saved, you're a part of the church. Um, and Christ has a unique purpose for you um, and a ministry for you, um, and he wants you to serve the body. Um, three there, no part of the, the body is expendable. Any part that is not working properly uh, or serving, it affects the church. Um, and we'll look at that on a little bit more and flush that out on, on Sunday night. Um, but a few questions for you. What has your view of the church been? Is it just a building you come to? Is it just a group that you're a part of here that you can come on Sunday morning, Wednesday night, Sunday night, and just sit in a pew? Or is it a body that we are working together, um, as Paul says, to become more like him and to spread uh, the work of Christ? How have you been viewing your part in the church? And that's what we're going to look like more on Sunday night. Um, How do you view your part in the church? Do you have a responsibility to the church? Uh, What is that responsibility? Um, And we'll deal with that on on Sunday night. And let me leave you with this. Throughout this whole passage, you can't get away from the fact of the unity of the church. And Paul starts out the very beginning of this passage with that idea that we as a church are to be united. Are you fighting for the unity within the body? Is it important to you? We've gone through a lot over the last year, um, over the last two years. <laughs> but what is, our, what is our unity built around? Do we still have something to unify around and to push for? It starts by being others-focused. And I'm glad Paul put that at the very beginning. He's going to end the, the whole chapter with a list of things we can work on. But at the very beginning, the things that he points out is that unity and service starts with a focus of others. Um, Are we going to fight for the unity? Are we going to be others focused and are we going to serve? Um, And we'll pick up with that on Sunday night. Uh, But let's, let's close in a word of prayer.